Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to be talking about biology. Now, don't hit stop yet. Whenever we talk about some of these subjects, we're, we're not going to get too in-depth. This is probably not going to get you through biology class, or maybe it will. Well, I think there are certain topics which the great scientists in history have been afraid to touch or necessarily maybe put their opinion in too much because they don't want to sorry their reputation in the scientific field. But thankfully for us, we don't have any reputation in the scientific field. So what I've decided today is that we need to visit the most basic of all scientific study, biology. This... So, so wait, now, biology is yeah. the most basic of all scientific studies? Well, yeah, building blocks of life and all that stuff. Without mm -hmm. biology, nothing, none of it, because like physics and chemistry wouldn't be examined without biology, because if biology didn't exist, human life, then, I mean, I know chemistry and physics would still exist, but there'd be nobody to study physics and chemistry if, yeah, when you put or it maybe that I way. just, or maybe we could do that for any of the sciences, depending who's sponsoring us at any given time, but nobody is sponsoring us from a biological field, but we are open. So that's like biotech, right? Isn't there a lot of money in biotech? There is, yeah. I mean, they've got to have some money floating around saying, hey. We we got some sponsorship money, you know, yeah. a million dollars. Oh, I've looked I've looked it up, and we oh. literally check none of the boxes. Maybe after this one, though, we'll check at least one of the boxes. Yeah, probably the do not call box. I think back in the dark ages before the internet, right? You had a very few sources for reliable information if you wanted to find out anything about biology. And to be honest, if you weren't being paid for it and you were looking for a lot of information on biology, you're probably a big nerd who needed to big wedgie in anyway so. well sure or it, could it have been like college students or or like uh what do you call them you know when you're trying to get your phd something like that is that basically where the research was well yeah from? but then you then you're kind of looking for a career in it i think if you're doing a P well i'd hope if you're doing a phd in biology you're hopefully looking for a career in it yeah but what if dad just won't pay the bills anymore unless you're in school so you just basically become a career college student. You're like, well, I got my bachelor's and now I'm going for my master's and now I'm working on my PhD, but I've been working on that for 20 years just so dad will keep paying the bills. Yeah, I can guarantee you this podcast is not aimed at anybody with any type of background in biology. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Uh, outside of, um, well, I was going to say dissecting a frog in like middle school, but that we don't even hit those giddy heights, actually. So um, for some reason, back in like about early 2010 on this website, whose name I can't remember, which is a shock. I'm sure. I found some really amazing facts about biology, which amazed me so much. I actually copied and pasted them into a notepad and kept them. And I only rediscovered it last week. So so this is something you actually researched a long time ago. Well, I copied and pasted it because I wanted to learn some stuff from it. But then it took me like 11 years later to reopen the notepad. Well, you are a busy, busy person. It's a bit like a time capsule of yeah. BS. So oh. I do specifically remember that they got all these facts from the early bulletin boards, right? So back when the internet was in its infancy as such for regular people to, you know, get access to. And so people were like, oh my goodness, this is like arcane knowledge type stuff. I'm going to pull all these facts off. And somebody pulled all this stuff together and put it in a document and some website kind of like published it. And I thought, oh my word, this is a science they don't want you to know oh. type thing. Oh, did you go on the dark 
web. No, not for this. It. No, oh, okay. no. Second page of Google. No. Yep. That's the dark web to me. The no, I think, page I, of think Google... I was using Yahoo at the time. Oh, so, okay. you know, Yahoo is like the 19th page of Google, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Lost all that ad revenue since they had that um, woman who took over the company. And mm. then she had to quit for whatever reason. Oh, sad. I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying those are the facts. The, well, it, right. if those are the facts, that's yeah. not sexist. Yeah. So anyway, the great thing about these facts, which um, this website pulled from the bulletin board, was that they were completely unsourced, for one, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't go back and say, well, he didn't say that. I mean, he might have said it. He might not exist. Might be absolute BS, but with today's podcast, we are going to pass them off as absolute facts. Well, like we always do. Yeah. And just a reminder, we don't have any money, so don't bother trying to sue us. So, we uh, we did have that $16, but we spent it already. We have, yeah. But that, um, but let's be honest, yeah. that pizza was pretty good. But let's, but let's be honest also that if you're following any of our scientific advice, you've probably overdosed on Tide Pods a couple of years previous. It's never going to happen. Well, there went our sponsorship with Tide. No, they can still sponsor us. Yeah, we could edit yeah. that out. Because yeah. we've got no source for any of it. We might as well go with it. So first of all, think of biology, you think of the brain, or maybe you don't. Maybe you just go back to sex ed class. Maybe that's the only thing you remember from biology. But number I, one, I the brain. I honestly remember biology as being a required course in, I think it was, no, it wasn't middle school. I think it was high school. You had to take biology. What, they first started talking about the brain in high school? Yeah. Well, that's the American education system. All right. And then I had to take biology in college. Because I had to take a life science and I had to take a physical science. So I'm pretty sure SpongeBob has covered the brain in some of his could you, early episodes. Could you take like an AP class about SpongeBob and then you could test out a biology? Probably now, especially like with all the kind of distance learning going on. Okay. Well, th there's a tip. Yeah. I mean, we, we're trying to provide some tips here. So It's not a useful one, but it is a tip. It is a tip. It is a tip. So anyway, the brain, uh, the first point from this uh, collection of uh, facts I got, states it's complex and poorly understood, which made me wonder if somebody from 1610 wrote that. But isn't that kind of ironic that it's poorly understood about the brain? So the brain is trying to understand the brain, but the brain can't understand the brain? Well, I think number two supersedes this. Oh, okay. So we're about to fix yeah, this. Yeah. Gotcha. Without the brain, a person can't truly live. Now, I think I could make that up and probably wing it, maybe teaching at UNT for a couple of semesters with that amount of uh, expertise. Without a brain, a person can't truly live. Well, what's the other thing then? All right, if he doesn't have a brain, what level of living is he doing then? Well, it kind of makes me think about shows like ER. Uh, wife and I love watching ER. In fact, we're re-watching it yet I know, again. you made me download all 23 seasons. For yeah, me. I, there are a lot of episodes. But there's several episodes in there where, you know, there, it's that dramatic portion where the patient's brain dead and they're trying to keep them alive to make them an organ donor, right? You know, there's 
trying to convince the wife that her husband's not going to wake up and you need to go ahead and sign this form so your husband can be an organ donor. But there are a lot of people out there that, quite honestly, they're not really going to contribute much to society except for being an organ donor. That's kind of living without a brain so you can make a contribution to society. So well, I'm going to yeah. have to disagree that you're not really living if your brain isn't. Well, I think a lot of people almost act very chemotropic. You know, they don't really use their brains anyway, so maybe the brain isn't that useful. So I do remember actually reading an article middle of last year, and I posted something on my Facebook, I think, from a meme from it, and it had this scientific study of somebody studying rats, and it was like, rat lives most of its life without a brain and acts pretty much normally. And somebody had made this meme with that as a headline above it, and below it was, at last, my story will be told. <laughs> exactly right. so um the, they did actually then start spurting out in this um collection of facts which we can probably go with as long as we don't question them well no we're not going to question your fact right. checking all right then the brain doesn't feel pain i don't know if that means if you get stabbed in the head so wait the brain doesn't feel pain directly but, it doesn't have I any thought, like pain sensors on it yeah but it. i thought isn't the brain the central part of the central nervous system and the central nervous system delineates whether or not you're in pain so that doesn't make sense why wouldn't the brain feel pain if it's responsible for telling you whether or not you're in pain that's a lot of expansion for the five words of the brain doesn't feel pain and it rhymes yeah maybe it's true because it rhymes cypress hill missed a trick with that one yeah yeah well, yeah, because they talked about being insane, insane in, the in the membrane. membrane. Yeah. So maybe that's a different kind of pain. But, yeah. But basically what we can also say is if it's a biological fact that rhymes, then that's how we know it's true. Doubly true. Yes. So your brain has huge oxygen needs. I love the, the fact they put the word huge in there because that's not normally a word people put into scientific writings, is it? Huge. The moth is huge compared to the whatever. I don't think they use that word. But anyway, your brain has huge oxygen needs. 20% of what your body intakes, even though it's only 2% of your total body weight. If you were going to write that, yeah. what word would you substitute for huge? Greedy. Greedy. Your brain has greedy oxygen needs, especially given like it's controlling most of your bodily functions, you know, subconsciously, I don't think it needs that much oxygen. Uh, no, I can see that. Because if that... your body can live, like, you know, they stick you in a coma on a machine and stuff, and, you're br and you can be brain dead, but your body's still living. I mean, how much work is that brain really putting in to get your body to do all the functions? What, what about selfish? No, I think, no, I think greedy, because it doesn't need that much. Yeah, and so for the little bit, it... But if you're brain dead, though, if you're brain dead, though, because remember, it's going to need 20% even if you're brain dead. Yeah, see, this sounds like a... a it's either greedy or selfish. Your yeah. brain is greedy or selfish when it comes to oxygen. Or both. Or both, yeah. Here's one which, again, I love the wording on it, and this is probably also why they didn't use any sourcing on any of these statements. Your brain comes out to play at night. There's literally no more information to that sentence. So is your brain a vampire? No, I think what it means is it's more active at night, given that you suppress a lot of your thoughts during the day with what you're doing manually with your body and everything. But a brain, you know, at night, because you're not doing anything, but laying there trying to, 
you know, trying to find a comfortable position for your arms, which should figure after being alive for 40 or 50 years, you'd get that down. But no, still can't find a comfortable position for the arms. Uh, so the brain, no, comes out to play at night. And that's why you start all this streaming stuff. Well, why can't the brain figure out at night when nothing else is going on? A comfortable position for your arms. It's like, uh, can it prioritize things? Like, hey, hey, look, everybody, we got to figure out something to do with you two arm guys. I mean, we got the legs figured out, we got the back figured out, we even got the head figured out. You know, my home up here, I'm the brain, I live in the head. Arms, you got to get your stuff together, guys. You got to figure out where you need to be. You're holding up the show here. Well, two points from that. When you hit puberty, I don't know if the brain does really know what to prioritize. And also from hitting puberty, I don't think the brain does know where it lives. Well, I think we both know when you hit puberty, the brain decides what's important. Yeah. And it, and it moves that up to number one. Yeah. And then everything takes a very distant second. And, and the funny thing is, it's like one of your least chances in life for where it puts that priority for you to actually take advantage of that priority. Because if you're any younger, depending on what culture in the world you grow up in, you don't really have a choice in it. And when you get a little bit older and you're in control of things, you have more chance of fulfilling those needs. And so your brain kind of takes over something where you're actually least likely to get that function achieved. Makes you know? total sense. Yeah. I agree with you. Your brain requires 10 watts of power. Seems kind of low. Well, I don't know. Today's, today's been a slow day. I don't know if it's even used... Yeah, but... Same what's, to be honest. Let's take the LED light bulb out of this, right? I mean, your normal light bulb is like 60 watts, isn't it? And I know the LED mm. light bulbs are like 7 watts or something, because it always says, you know, this only uses 7 watts equal to a 60-watt bulb. Or yeah, whatever. but like, you have to oh, remember the brain's, all... the brain's not as good as LED technology. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's so the brain's still incandescent technology? It's still catching up. It's catching so, up. But we've had brains forever. We've had brains longer than electricity. Why are we not measuring brain power in, like, candle power? You know, you go buy a flashlight, and it's like it's got so many candle or horse, power. horse hoofs. Yeah, well, yeah. or horsepower. I mean, yeah. and not to steal from Jerry Seinfeld, but he has a big joke about how, you know, why are we still using horsepower? I always think about that with yeah. flashlights. It's mm -hmm. like, why do we still use yeah. candle power? Yeah. Why do we still have to look at all this antiquated technology and compare everything to that? Yeah. Why can't we just say light bulb power? I think why can't we update things? I think the first time I thought that horsepower thing was complete BS was uh, I had a car which was supposed to be one of those limited edition cars of a small piece of crap car, but it had limited edition, so it made me feel good about buying it. And it said it had so many horsepower, and I thought, well, the acceleration in this is absolutely terrible. But at that time, I lived in England, and it was pretty close to a farming community. And I drove by, and I saw how lazy some of these horses were and then suddenly it clicked the horsepower was relative to how much of an effort the horse wanted to put in yeah and what about like stronger horses right yeah like okay. shy horses or the budweiser horses what yeah. what are they called the clydesdales clydesdales yeah yeah and there's an yeah. even bigger horse than a clydesdale i can't remember the name of the horse but i had a, a friend growing up and he used to ride one of those as like a security detail and, of course, me not knowing that much about horses. Spoiler alert. Yeah, not everybody yeah. in Texas knows everything about horses, right? I can ride one. I can ride a horse fairly well. But he had this even bigger horse than a Clydesdale. So is it horsepower 
like that? Or is it those little miniature horses that look like, you know, something you could do in the Kentucky Derby for midgets? Anyway, it's not a great measure, is it? No. It's just like when they used to measure thing in hands. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's they'd, true. they'd actually well, measure horses in they, hands. They, they do. They so, measure horses so in talk hands. About, so talk about a double crap way of measuring thing. Yeah. Horsepower and then measuring the horse in hands. Or, or you have this. It's like, get that midget over there. It's like, oh, yeah, that horse is like 198 hands tall. It's like, no, he's not, Martin. He's 15. Yeah. But so basically what we're saying is the people that have been in charge of measuring systems have just been ridiculous. Just crap and, and relative why, units of measure. Yeah, and that's why we're never yeah. going to go to the metric system, which right. I hate the metric system. Yeah. I, do, I, I don't do. want it that precise, to be honest with you. No, I don't either. I still like a bit of give and take in my measurement. But, yeah, I, I like to sit there and yeah. scratch my head and say, yeah. now, how many quarts are in a gallon? Right. And I don't really know why there should be four quarts in a gallon. I don't even know how much is a quart, but... I feel comfortable with the measurements being so random, not powers of 10. Well, without a bit of give and take, I mean, a lot of the dating websites, your profile would just be out and out lies. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. So anyway. But let's talk about that for a second. Here's one that never quite made it across the pond that has always bothered me. It's stone. What do you mean? With weight. It's like, oh, that that guy weighs four stone or 20 stone or whatever. Well, again, it's another relative dimension of measure. Again, crap. Just like pounds. Well, I don't even know where that really came from. Or or calling two weeks a fortnight. Well, that might be a little bit different because the word fort might mean something like dual or double or something. And of course, we're not talking about fortnight the game. No. Which is going to be fun when we look back through the transcript because we're lazy and we use an automated transcript service and how the game fortnight is so popular. There'll be an ad pop up for fortnight. Yeah, but is it going to spell it the way fortnight the game spells I it, think, or is it going to spell it the way Fortnite? Oh no, it will. De- I mean, hey, all the all the um, platforms we go on, they're definitely going to be promoting Fortnite. The game, yeah, it, it's going to be spelled it's, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's going right. to be mini videos playing in the corner, and then it's going to be like eight seconds to the next video, silly yeah. kicking. Yeah, and it's going to be about Fortnite, and yeah. we're also going to forget to actually look back and see how it yeah. spelled it. So following on from your brain requires 10 watts of power, what I did love about that statement was with no connectivity whatsoever and lumping this in with a statement, it said, uh, some people believe they are smarter in their dreams than when they are awake. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, not either isolated or in comparison or connectivity to the first sentence. But yeah, some people believe they are smarter in their dreams than when they are awake. Now, I don't know whether that means when you're in your dream... And you're dreaming that somebody's car has broken down. You're thinking like, yeah, no problem. I can fix that. And, you know, you just come up with a hammer and just like beat the tires a couple of times and the car starts. So. Did, hang on now. Did we just solve depression? Because think about how depressed you are if you wake Doubtful. up and you realize, oh, man, I was really smart when I'm asleep and now I'm not that smart. And then you become just so depressed when you realize that I would rather just sleep all the time, which is a sign of depression. A lot of depressed people sleep all the time. So maybe they're realizing I like that life better. Kind of like Ready Player One, the whole premise of that movie, right, was going into that virtual world and they can be whoever they are. And then once they come out of the virtual world, they realize their life sucks, basically, right? Maybe we just fix depression. So everybody that's smarter when they dream should just not ever go to sleep. This would normally be the point in the podcast where I point out that we are not yet sponsored by an antidepressant pharmaceutical, but the actual, uh, when they start reading all those side effects, that'd be like for the next 20 minutes. And so 
that's why we haven't really put ourselves out to tender for a antidepressant drug because we've got to think of all the liability information we've got to put in there. Right. But maybe we should get sponsored by a drug that keeps you awake and then we prescribe that to people that are depressed and so they never sleep so they're not depressed anymore. Just give them some coffee. Well, with that said, we don't have a coffee sponsor either. No, we do not have a coffee sponsor. Mm. Right. So the last one, I'm going to leave the brain on this one, which is another uh, one you can run with. The brain changes shape during puberty. Now, I don't know what from and what to, because I think the brain pretty much keeps that brainish type shape. I don't think it goes from an octagon to a you know, I, triangle. I it always or... look like a pecan. So what a is pecan. It? A pecan. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, in, change, Tex we're, we're in Texas. Right. It's a pecan. It changes shape during puberty. That's all you need to know. Anyway, we need to move on to the other facts because I think we spent too long, ironically, on the brain. So these next ones, right, these next facts, they're pretty quick fire. And I think um, like this would help you if you were on Jeopardy. Oh, And there was a certain section. but And this I do actually want to say in terms of sponsorship. Well, well the, now wait though. You're talking about Jeopardy. Is this a stump the shepherd? No, no, sneaking no, one no, in? no. Okay, no. Okay, because you said before we hit record, I'm yeah. not stumping you no. on this one. No. Okay, yeah. But you tend to lie on that, yeah. so I'm just making sure. Well, no, I knew you'd know literally none of these things, so oh, it wasn't well, worth it. Thanks for your confidence. Yeah. So anyway, I thought, hey, if there's any representatives of Jeopardy listen to this show, we do not yet have an official classic game show sponsor. Particularly since we mocked the price is right as the price is bullcrap. The wheel of fortune as according to the Old Testament, your will should be put to death. True. And family fortunes as give incestual families a lucky break. Yeah. So which... we've, we're not getting sponsored by any of those shows. No, we're not. So Jeopardy, we haven't yet thrown them out with but, the bathwater. So. But now hang on. You're on to something here because Jeopardy needs a new host. It does. You Can't know, be it, either of us, though. But, well, now, hang on. Well, first of all, let's first say, rest in peace, Alex Trebek, great Jeopardy host. Watched him growing up, liked him, loved him. Great host, great game show host. Uh, Will Ferrell did a great job impersonating him. But you say we can't host it. What if you and I hosted it together? Well, I mean, like, to get in turn, so we just... No, not taking turns at the same time. Hmm. Like you, you have, I mean, what game show? It usually you have like Wheel of Fortune, right? And you yeah. have Pat Sajak and Vanna White, and they have these two different jobs. And every time you have like a host and a co host, even with like the prices right, you had Johnny over there talking about the products, and then it goes back to Bob Barker. And nowadays it's Drew Carey, and I don't know who the new guy is that helps Drew Carey out, right? But what if you actually had like two hosts up there and uh. we. Essentially just fought over whether or not it was our turn to ask the questions. Well, I don't want to immediately poo-poo on this, but I'm pretty sure the prerequisites for hosting a game show, number one, enthusiasm. Right. Number two, less sarcasm and mm. making fun of the contestants. Okay. Number three, must turn up on time, if <sighs> at all. Okay. So that's why we're not game show hosts. Yeah, I'm not even going to go on for the rest of this. So yeah, no, we're not turning out. Yeah, I mean, the first three yeah. right there you know, yeah. scratches us. Okay. Right. So back that's... to the facts, right? Yep. These ones are kind of pretty random, but this is how I got them from the uh, original document. Because remember, I copied and pasted it into a notepad thing at the time. Yes. I think I was on Windows 3.1 at the time. You're actually yeah. lucky you found the file. Which was like, um, you know, using an, an abacus to right. today's equivalent calculator. Your smell is unique. 
unless you have an identical twin. So you're saying twins smell the same? Yeah. No kidding. No, I don't know. I that know counts that. if one of them doesn't have a bath. But what about what about uh, like a male and female twin? Oh right, yeah. I'm thinking that might so be different. That that could be weird. Well, like. Like what? What if you have like you're a guy, right? And you have a twin sister, and she smells like a normal girl. So does that mean you smell like a girl? Well, what do girls smell like without perfume? Roses. No, they don't. Oh, that's what I was told. Well, I grew up in England. They don't smell like roses, man. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought that's what they smelled yeah. like. But so, I, I'll take your word for that. So humans use echolocation if they're blind mostly or mostly blind. It didn't deviate to know. So I don't know if blind people mostly use echolocation or mostly blind people Is that use why echolocation. You know, know. That, that long stick that they use in front of them and... I always thought they were just making sure they're not going to step into anything, but is that why they kind of tap it? Are they walking around tapping that and using the echolocation to figure out, you know, what's around them? I thought that was to beat the CNI dog. Oh, it's sad for the CNI dog. Yeah, no, no. If no. that's what the if that's what the blind people really use that stick for, is to beat their CNI. I'm pretty dog. sure. I'm pretty sure they don't. Because uh, I've not. I don't think I've seen. Maybe I have in a cartoon a blind person with a CNI dog and a white stick. Because if you got that white stick and the CNI dog, that CNI dog's like, really, you don't trust me? You got this white stick? But then I suppose if he does use the stick to beat the dog with, that kind of explains everything. Why don't you have more blind people riding racehorses? Because they already have the stick. So you just throw them up there on the horse, and then they have that longer stick where they can reach back well, and I can smack answer the horse. Well, I can answer that immediately. Okay. Because horses have tender upper back thighs, which is obviously not the most scientific name for it, but jockeys know when to beat their horse before it gets too tender and it goes numb. And so when the jockey sees that they have to catch up on the people in front of them, they beat the horse harder and they know when to hit that pain threshold to make the horse go. But if you're blind, you wouldn't know what position you are, you know, in the race. So you wouldn't know when to beat the horse and when not to beat the horse. Yeah, but couldn't the horse tell you? Well, it's not Mr. Ed. Oh, that would be cool, though, if Mr. Ed was a racehorse. No, he's and a bit of a fatty, I think. Isn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah. What was the guy's name that had Mr. Ed? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Did you know, by the way, in that show that they used peanut butter to make Mr. Ed talk? I always thought he just yeah, talked. No, cause, yeah, because he's cleaning his gums. Yeah. Oh, well, I thought he With was a tongue. talking horse. Your nose remembers 50,000 cents. I don't believe you on that one. No, I, 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 my, no, I, when I wrote that down, I put a note saying I call BS. I yeah. bet it's about like 50 maximum. I can't even think of 50,000. Well, let's be honest. I can't even think of 50 smells. Right. It, that's I mean, going to be difficult for It took me a me. couple of weeks I could write down like, you know, sewage, pineapple on pizza. So Pretty much the same thing. Sewage. Put those together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, so your first two right out the gate yeah. are the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You don't need, like, another 5,000 variants. Of no, those, you? you don't. It, right. There's got to be, like, yeah, so I six that. smells. Yeah. I think there's six. Yes, that's crap, I think. It's got to be an even number. Yeah. So your teeth start growing six months before you're born. Okay, so uh, using nine-month math, yeah. you're three months in, yeah. in the belly, right? Yeah. Now you, you start get growing teeth, teeth growing. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. 
well that's unless your mum is a like meth addict in which case they kind of fall out three months before you're born so well that makes sense too yeah but, but both your baby teeth and your adult teeth i don't know maybe that's why some kids don't grow their baby teeth because there is that condition because there's that kid in stranger things right the fat kid with the curly hair his teeth don't grow in do they because he didn't have any baby teeth and then they like he gets his an adult he gets his adult teeth. Oh, well, I've never seen that show, but yeah. I, I've heard something about a yeah. kid on there with no teeth or yeah. something like that. And yeah. I feel yeah. for you, man. I, I know I know what it's like to have teeth problems. Yeah. It sucks. Here's one which I don't know quite how they came to the conclusion, especially in the bulletin board days. Pound for pound, human babies are stronger than oxen. I've always been kind of anti that pound for pound argument. Yeah. You know, I hear people talking about fighters, right? It it usually always goes to fighters, uh, whether it's boxing, whether it's MMA, something like that, right? And it's always, oh, pound for pound, this guy was the greatest fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you look at somebody like Butterbean. I I remember watching him box when I used to watch boxing all the time. And this guy is like, I don't know, 350, 400 pounds or whatever. It's like, you know, if, if he smacked you in the face and you weigh 90 pounds, yeah, you're going to fall down. But if you had some gorilla guy that was like 600 pounds, like some sumo wrestler that beat him, then pound for pound, he wasn't the best fighter. Yeah. So why can't you just say best fighter, period? Why do you have to yeah. do it in weight? It's, I, it's weird anyway, because, you know, I used to do like, you know, full contact, you know, mixed martial arts. And, you know, I was about about 190 pounds when i was doing that and fighters you went up against you know i mean it it was pretty much a match it was you know just yeah, but, who got the but, best hits in but there were this would have some fights you know some contests it'd be open and if i fought somebody like you know 20 25 pounds lighter than me you know his hits still kind of they hurt a little bit but when you hit them you really notice the difference i mean that that extra weight really really did make a difference but when you're talking about say like a boxer or a martial arts fighter against a normal person even somebody who weighs 120 pounds you know they know how to throw a punch and you're like 250 pounds they're going to knock you out ah but okay so i have that's two- why the pounds of pounds is bs i'm agreeing with you yeah and i remember a good friend of mine frank who had uh ran the bike shop here uh, locally in the mighty metropolis of keller texas he had told me a story about going up to sturgis and there was a guy called the daisy and he was this little skinny guy and you basically you know all these bikers rolled into sturgis and they could pay money to fight the daisy. And if you won, you won something. I don't remember. Frank's going to know the story better than I do. But the daisy just whooped up on everybody. Right. And he, was, he was little. He was thin. So yeah. maybe get rid of pound for pound. And shouldn't it be age to age? Because taking nah. the weight, right? If it's like 190, right? If you're 60 years old and you weigh 190 pounds and you fight a 20-year-old that weighs 190 pounds and you both have the same training, wouldn't you put your money on the 20-year-old? I don't know because, no, there's a point where right up until about the age of 50, you actually get stronger as long as you're still training. The the old man strength? Yeah. Yeah, It was always about that old man strength. I remember that growing up as like, you know, old men for some reason just have this weird strength. So let's just agree now, put it out there. The phrase pound for pound is absolute BS. It means nothing. All right. Yeah. I can get behind that. So here's one. 
your feet can produce a pint of sweat a day. Now, before you interact on this one, I just want to tell you about the story of Stinky Dave. Stinky Dave. Stinky Dave. When I was at college, I had a um, shared house for my, let's see, sophomore year, right? It's only in there for about, maybe about eight weeks because the house we were supposed to be moving into wasn't ready. And so there was this, you know, kid, Dave, who we hadn't met, but he just so happened to get this, I don't know, application in with the landlord and he took the last bedroom in the house. But this dude, really great guy, but he had the stinkiest feet I have ever known, ever, even to this day, right? And when he would walk across the carpet, the carpet would stink. It would stink of cheesy sweat. Now, it wasn't because he didn't bathe, right? He showered every day, but his feet just left behind this odour of like cheesy sweaty things now well you know now I, don't, I don't want i don't want to embarrass him but that was david marshall of manchester england who ah. graduated round about you know 1995 from the university of central lancashire in preston so but I, i'm not going to say that because i want to protect his identity and not embarrass him no that's awful nice of you yeah. but, but when when stinky dave was walking around yeah and you say he left this smell yeah was he walking around barefooted yeah yeah okay so what about socks well, I don't know. I think his feet had eaten through all the socks. Oh. I think I only saw him barefooted. He was a bit flintstone-ish like that. But oh, it might wow. have been the foot acidity. But, okay, so now how many people are living in this house? Four of us. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. Four people. Yeah. So how did the three of y'all not tell Stinky Dave, hey, look, dude, when you're walking around, man, you, you got to wear shoes. It's one of those sensitive things you just can't tell somebody. I mean, the funny thing is with guys, I mean, we'll pretty much call each other out on anything but i just think it's one of those things where it's just a little bit too personal no i don't know no no you you gotta tell stinky dave the, we just look. followed behind him with some talcum powder and just like poured it in the carpet and oh, some but, shaking vac we used to hoover it in but was in. was stinky dave not smart enough to figure out that hey maybe i stink and that's why everybody calls me stinky dave well, we didn't call him Stinky Dave to his face. Oh, well, that would have been fun, though. Well, and the internet wasn't up and running, so we couldn't really put it on his social media, so... I wonder if he's on Twitter right now, and that's his Twitter handle, Stinky, Stinky Dave. Dave. Well, I hope he got surgery on his feet to get rid of some of the sweat glands or find out what the problem was, because... But in your... It was horrendous. Yeah, but in your example, you're saying the average person puts out a pint of no, sweat. No, I'm saying they can. It's not everybody. Oh, okay. You don't so, put out a pound of sweat a day. Well, I thought you said a pint. Pint, yeah. Yeah. See, now we're your getting feet, into No, those. it says your feet can produce a pint of sweat. Oh, can. So up can. to a pint. Yeah. So like normal person, yeah. maybe nine ounces or <laughs> 40 tablespoons we're not or guess, something we're like that. We're not guessing that. here in case you're listening. Yeah. But but Stinky Dave yeah. is one of those pint yeah, guys. Full, well, probably a full six pints. He probably averaged it out for everybody. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So a full bladder is about the size of a softball and can hold up to 800 cc's of fluid. How many tablespoons is that? Cc's, is that cubic centimeters? I think so. Oh, well, we have no clue then. Maybe one of our listeners back in England can actually educate us on what 800 cc's actually equivalates to. Because like, is it a milk bottle full or is it... Well, like... you said, though, it's the size of a softball. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe three-quarter full cereal bowl well in women you, apparently it can be visible with women it can be visibly noticeable if they need the bathroom because it swells out a lot to the front if they hmm. if their bladder gets that full so this one i thought definitely scientific if you thought that last one wasn't kind of like going to be published in scientific american 
this one you probably pass gas 14 times a day now when i first read that i thought you know they've got that fat from brody in second grade at hill springs elementary right but you probably pass gas 14 times a day so probably it's a good indication that yeah well is that from the front end or the back end um i don't know probably pass gas 14 not about 14 or not I'd have rounded it up to 15 and said about yeah. 15. You pass gas about 15 times a day and left it at that. Yeah, I don't like the number 14. I mean, once you get past 10, you should go in fives. Right. I mean, we're already having problems with measurements right now. So once yeah. you get past 10, it needs to go, it should just immediately go to 15. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me 13 or 14. Just tell me 15. I don't know how much. Make the math easier. I don't know how much science was in that. Oh, here's one which I did actually look up. This is the only one I did look up. Okay. And it wasn't true. But I'm going to read it anyway. A sneeze can travel at 100 miles per hour as opposed to a cough that can travel at 60 miles per hour. Now, it's wrong because the upper limit of a sneeze in terms of miles per hour is actually greater than that. And a cough can actually travel greater than that. How much greater? Well, I don't know. I can't remember. It wasn't like I was getting obsessed about remembering it. But both those numbers were wrong, apparently. So, based off the fact of all of these facts that you've now read, the one that we left to the end that you fact-checked is wrong. Well, no, I just don't think they're measuring instruments at that time when they made that fact were that correct. There's probably a plus or minus error. Well, probably. You know, it probably course, wasn't radar. Of course, we're using miles per hour and not skipping stones across a pond per yeah. throw per yeah. fishing cast, right. yeah. which would be probably a better measurement. Yeah. Oh, is one the last actual fact I've got, right? Oh, you had to sneak another one in. Yeah. I wanted to get this one in because I also didn't believe this, but this could have easily been dismissed if I had fact-checked this one, but I was in a rush. 25% of your total number of bones are in your feet. There's 26 bones in each feet. All right, so... So that makes uh, 52. And fi- I, so once yeah. again, why couldn't it have been 50? 50 would have made more sense. So... So is there roughly 208 bones like in the human body then? Um, yeah, there's 25%. So there's 26. That sounds, that sounds 20, close. 26 in each foot, right? So it's okay. 52 right. times 4, 208. Right. I, I don't think, know. I think I think there's like 200 and some bones. You for, think? For some reason that makes sense. I don't know. It might be 300 something. I don't know. Might be Remember when this was written? You know, that's it. I think I believe a lot of those facts, but you have to remember I'm still skeptical about the dangers of drinking gasoline or uh, licking lead paint, so don't really be taking my word for any of those things if you yeah. want to bring them up in Trivial Pursuit, or if you happen to appear on Jeopardy or any associated game show, don't kind of bring these things up as knowledge because you might make yourself look stupid. Well, that's probably true. But can you imagine if one of these questions just happened to be on Jeopardy and they got the correct answer? Like, it's the final Jeopardy question. And it's, oh, Well, based upon what we've just told them? Yeah. No, I can't imagine that at all. Oh, no, I think that could happen. I mean, could you actually go on Jeopardy and just listen to this podcast and then clear the biology category and say, look, all the research I had to do was just listening to this one podcast and I cleared that whole column. No, I think that's the equivalent of you and I going on America's Got Talent and expecting to make the final round. I think we could in the art category. 
Yeah. Something mm. along those lines. Well, with all that said, thanks everybody for tuning into this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. We certainly appreciate y'all's support, and we will catch you on the next one.